Did you know that Tennessee was claimed by three different countries all at one time? Spain, France, and England. It could be up to five if you added the U.S. and the Confederacy to that list. Welcome to the Lore of the South. Welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. Y'all, well, I'm doing something I don't normally do, but probably should, and that's record episodes in advance. But with upcoming testing going on, I want to make sure y'all have a few podcasts in the bank so that we don't miss any of our scheduled release dates. How are y'all doing? Any spring breaking going on? What kind of trips are y'all taking? We're sticking close to home this year. Our youngest is turning 16. And we're throwing her and seven friends a party at our local escape room called Break the Code. They also opened an arcade and are adding a jelly ball course soon. If you live in North Florida, look for a link to their website in the show notes. Now it's time for history making news. And this news story comes from us from Live Science. We all remember when the roof of the Notre Dame Cathedral caught fire back in the spring of 2019. Ever since, it has been undergoing extensive restoration and plans to reopen to the public summer of 2024. But during this restoration process, archaeologists have made some astounding discoveries, one of which is the human-shaped lead sarcophagus of an unknown dignitary who was interred in the cathedral sometime in the 14th century. That's the 1300, y'all. That's before the War of the Roses or the discovery of the New World. That was literally still the medieval times. Many other burials were also found, and some of them might be as old as the 1200s. Also during this excavation of the church floor, they found a pit filled with painted sculptures that had once made up what was called a rood screen, a divider that went between the chancel and the nave. I'll include a layout of the cathedral on social media so that y'all can see where the ancient sculptures from 1230 once stood. And now on to episode 40, The Angel Glow of Shiloh. This story came to memory because of episode 39. It was the glow, or what caused the glow, that triggered it, I think. Of course, when I first heard the story, though I don't remember from where I first heard it, They had yet to firmly diagnose the cause of the angel glow. And on with the story of the mysterious glow that shrouded the bloody battlefield of Shiloh. April 1862, General Grant was closing in on the South. His goal was to cut the South off from the Mississippi River. He'd made it to southwestern Tennessee close to the city of Shiloh. There he waited for reinforcements out of Ohio to meet with his unit. Meanwhile, the Confederacy was marching north from Corinth, Mississippi, just south of the Tennessee border. Their goal was to take Grant by surprise and engage the north before their reinforcements had time to make it to the Union's aid. And the Confederacy was steadily pushing back on the Union until Buell's army out of Ohio joined and reinforced Grant's ranks. The Union now outnumbered the Confederacy by 10,000 troops. They called halt to the fighting at sunset, leaving the dead and dying and wounded in the nearly freezing mud. The weather conditions were awful. It was cold and rainy spring. The armies fought on a terrain that was more swamp than solid ground. 
Yet at daylight, fighting resumed. Grant and his reinforcements were able to regain the ground that they had lost the day before and forced the South to retreat back to Corinth, Mississippi. All of this taking place over the course of two days, April 6th and 7th of 1862. The casualties were overwhelming for both sides. Between the two forces, there were more than 23,000 killed or wounded, and they had all been left on the field until the battle was over. The medics and army surgeons were overwhelmed by the sheer number of men with near mortal wounds, and this made it slow going for the medics and orderlies to gather the injured and take them to nearby field hospitals. It was two full days before they could begin to collect the men, and in the night, they noticed a glow coming from some of the men's bodies. It seemed to them an unnatural light coming from the wounds of the men. It glowed an otherworldly blue, and it seemed to guide the medics to find and carry those badly wounded men from the cold, wet ground they lay nearly frozen to. As the men were taken in for treatment and days passed, it then seemed to be another miracle occurred. Those who had shown the glowing wounds had a much higher survival rate than those who did not show the glow. It was suspected by enlisted and officers alike that it had been the work of angels and deemed the phenomena the angel glow. For some reason, the Lord had sent his angels to place a healing glowing light to protect some of the victims of this awful battle. The wounded men's injuries continued to glow in the night for several days after they were taken into the field hospitals further proving to these 19th century soldiers that a miracle had occurred. But what was it really? What had really touched these men and caused their open and what should have been deadly wounds to glow and then somehow miraculously heal when they probably should have been mortal injuries? Well, fast forward to 2001, 139 years later, and to a couple of curious high school kids. Bill Martin and John Curtis. Bill's mother, who happened to be a microbiologist who was studying bioluminescence that occurred in the guts of parasitic nematodes, Bill learning about his mother's field of study linked it to the stories he had heard about the glowing wounds from the Battle of Shiloh. He asked his mother if it were possible, and she encouraged him to find out for himself. So Bill and John took a trip into the battlefield park and took soil samples. And lo and behold, the soil was teeming with these nematodes. These nematodes that lived off the larvae of insects that could have been drawn into the wounds by the buzzing flies and other insects interested in the open wounds. There was one problem though. When the little parasites were subjected to the same heat that that of the human body maintains within itself, 98 degrees Fahrenheit, the little boogers died. What were they missing? So the pair went and researched what the weather conditions had been like during and the days after the battle. The nighttime would have brought on nearly freezing conditions, and the wounded were laying in the wet, cold ground, and some had fallen into standing water. These conditions would have led many of the men to suffer not only from their wounds, but from hypothermia, creating the perfect conditions for the little nematodes to invade their open wounds, where they would vomit up their bioluminescent stomach contents that more than likely fed off the more harmful bacteria 
that was also trying to invade the wounds of the fallen soldiers, thereby saving the lives of maybe hundreds if not thousands of men. Bill and John both won first place in the 2001 Intel International Science and Engineering Fair. So it wasn't angels after all, just nature's microorganisms cleaning crew. Side notes, Shiloh was one of the first battles that truly showed the horrors to come in the American Civil War. The mass casualties, the depth and damage of what their modern warfare could inflict. The battle was also where the first general was lost, General Johnston of the Confederacy. He was shot through the leg while on horseback. The bullet severed an artery and he bled out. He was also the highest ranking general to die on either side. And y'all, that is the story of the glowing soldiers of Shiloh. I really wish I could remember where I first heard this story so I could give credit to who I heard it from, but the bioluminescence from episode 39 brought back the memory of the glowing soldiers, and I thought you all might enjoy hearing about it here. And what should we recommend today? Let's do a YouTube channel. Doing it ourselves. It features the Petherick family from the UK who bought an abandoned chateau to save and fix it up. Michael Petherick, the owner of the channel, has been featured on Escape to the Chateau for the first couple of seasons. And if you enjoy his channel, there are several spin-off channels now that feature different members of the family and friends of the family. Check them out and tell them I sent you in the comments. Okay, and y'all keep an ear out for our upcoming t-shirt giveaway. I'm sure it will have something to do with our upcoming YouTube release. Or if you would just like to purchase a t-shirt, email me at lorethesouth at gmail.com and we'll set up some sort of payment option with you. They're 25 bucks, great quality, screen printed, and we have sizes small to 2x. Follow us on social media. I always post pictures to go along with each episode. And with that, we'll talk to y'all later on Lore of the South.